Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Man, so we had an amazing weekend down in Fredericksburg at the Texas Fandango at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds. Everything from flat track racing to chopper drags. There was mini bike racing, a chopper show, an epic ride down there, and I am going to do a solo recap for you today on this show. Let's get into it. That was Extermination Day with Thou Shall Not Hassle. Thank you, Zach from Heavy. Check out Heavy Clothing at heavy.bigcartel.com. Uh, dude, so what do we got, dude? We got the Mezcal Moto Rally coming up this week. I'll be leaving Texas on Friday and crossing the border into Mexico, making my way down to Oaxaca for the Mezcal Moto Rally, a rally race. I'll be putting out that podcast later this week that I did with Nick one of the curators of this fine event. Uh, the next big one is going to be Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. That's right. If you use Danger Dan at checkout, you will get $15 off of your pass. That's right. <clears throat> $15 off. And whoever rides the furthest to Tennessee, I will give you your money back for the pass. That way it'll be free to enter for you. And I've got... You know, I got a, a fucking idea I'm going to run. I'm going to try and do it out there at Tennessee, and I'm going to do a small podcast each night that tells you about the event and what's going on and where to find the happenings each day. So stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward to trying out this new thing. Uh, <clears throat> after that, dude, Sturgis is the next big one. Actually, before that, we got the run to Raton, dude. The Chop Wizard Invitational, July 22nd in Raton, New Mexico. July, August. Then you got Sturgis, and we got some big things in the works. I can't wait to release those dates to you. Um, August 26th is the Virginia City Roundup, presented by Choppers Magazine and FXR Bazaar. Virginia City, dude, a chopper show, a rodeo. Where else do you get a, a chance to show off your fucking iron steed while... Riding bulls, dude. I, I don't know. I cannot wait for that event. September 10th is party at the pen. And uh, dude, we got some other shit. Make sure you check out mcshoptees.com, your t-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Every month you get a t-shirt from a shop that I have found while traveling the country on my 1959 Harley Davidson chopper. And uh, as you can imagine, I have to find the shops while riding a bike around like that. And it's really gotten more difficult because I found this, this specific shop in Metairie, Louisiana <clears throat> called B&B, which is this month's featured shop. And they've been taking care of my motors for the past three years. And Boston Billy and Jason are fucking badasses, dude. I mean, really, they put together a fucking hell of a motor. And if you've got a local shop that you use, and they have to send their shit out for machine work, make sure that they know about B&B Racing and Metairie because they can take care of all that shit. They can sleeve cylinders, weld up heads. They can do it all, dude. Fix your cases. I mean, it's a really a fucking amazing shop, dude. And uh, pretty stoked to finally get to feature them. But, uh, you know, 
Each month, dude, we feature a different shop, a different badass shop. We find a badass artist to do some art, and we send you that shirt, and it's only available through mcshoptees.com. And each month, we've got uh, a postcard that goes out with the shirt that tells you about the shop, where they're located, and what they specialize in. <clears throat> and I'm going to start running an ad for each shop in Chopper's Magazine as they come out. So, you know, I think that's a, an, another rad way to support these shops and give back to these people. Lowbrow Customs has kicked in these gift packs that we're giving out to every shop. And I would love, <clears throat> if you've got a company and you'd like to help support these shops, get, get in contact with me, man. We can send a sweet package to each shop and really let them know how much we appreciate them keeping us in the wind, dude. MCShopTees.com. Speaking of Lowbrow Customs, they have got the shit you need. They support me, and they will support you as well. Dude, this weekend, Chopper Drags, guess who fucking won? Yeah, a Sportster. I just ruined it. A Sportster with some Bates Bajas, dude. And the only reason he fucking beat, well, not the only reason, but he beat me because of fucking lack of maintenance on my end. That fucking chain popped off. Oh, did I just ruin the podcast? Well, fucking right on. Uh, the baseball tires is fucking badass, and you can get them at Lowbrow Customs, dude. Also run the Pan Am Oil. They got parts from people like Pat from Lead Sled, uh, Marion Metalworks, uh, Fast Eddie Co. Dude, they've got makers from all around the country, and it's all at one place, lowbrowcustoms.com. Each month, they give me a $100 gift card to give away to one of my lucky Patreons, supporters. So go to dangerdancetalkshop.com, sign up to become a Patreon supporter. Five bucks a month keeps gas in my tank, keeps me moving around, and it keeps this podcast coming in your ear holes. Now, What else we got? Oh, fucking knives made by Nick, dude. The baddest motherfucker. Keeps tools on my belt and will keep a tool on your belt. And you can fucking kill people with it if you want to. You don't have to. You can also just cut boxes and open up mail. But knives made by Nick is the shit, dude. And speaking of giving shit away, a couple years ago we gave away a trip to Nepal thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Check out MotorcycleSherpa.com. We've got a trip coming up in this November where we're going back to Nepal to ride the stairway to heaven. Dude, the last trip was fucking insane. Scroll back or Google Danger Dan and Motorcycle Sherpa. And I got like three or four podcasts that will come up to tell you about that trip. It was fucking amazing, dude. But we're going back and there's fucking very limited seating on this trip. So go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up for the Stairway to Heaven trip at the beginning of November. And we'll go back to ride those fucking Himalayans again, dude. I recently watched the movie 14 Peaks. It was fucking rad seeing, you know, just seeing, you know, we could see those mountains from when we were riding. Uh, But they, you know, they were fucking climbing those motherfuckers. And part of the package, you get to fly a helicopter to the base camp of Mount Everest. That's pretty fucking rad, dude. That is really fucking rad. So check out MotorcycleSherpa.com, dude. And uh, man, I want to thank everybody that helped put on this Texas Fandango event. It was, dude, it was a fucking beautiful thing to see all those people gathered around vintage motorcycles this weekend. And uh, man, I'm just glad to be a small part of it. Here you go.
Well, it is. Fuck, what time is it? 6.10, Monday morning. I just saw Knives Made by Nick's little weekend recap. You know, he's up fucking early. You know that. He's always up early. Uh, dude, we had one hell of a weekend. We, uh, man, how did it start? I guess it really started last week when, you know, Al was trying to get his chopper together. So Al recently got a shovel head back at, I guess it was the Just Kickers event, or maybe it was Southern Throwdown. Uh, we went and picked up a shovel head from Brooks over in East Texas, and uh, Al's been working on it. <clears throat> Dude, I mean, he's been, I think he's built everything on it twice. First, we got the bike. We took it to Yellow Rose Canyon, and, you know, a handful of us, <clears throat> you know, fucking put some, I guess it probably had oil in it, got some gas, made a gas can because that the gas tank on it was not in great shape. Uh, cleaned the carburetor a little bit. Fuck, we got it to fire up, you know? We got it to run, and I don't think he rode it around. It wasn't quite in riding shape. Uh, one thing Brooks said was that the bike was, whoever owned the bike before him, it really loved it. Well, as Al tore the bike down and went over everything, it was the complete opposite of loved. Or that guy really loved meth as well as a motorcycle. But, uh... You know, Al fucking built a tail section, fabbed up a, you know, a sissy bar with a fin, like a crazy Frank-style fender, then tossed it, you know, built another one, did some controls. Kickstart Mike came down, helped him twist some metal, showed him his method. Al took that and just ran with it, dude. He pretty much fabbed up everything twice from what he said. Everything he made, he got to make twice because he didn't like the first one or the first one didn't work. And Anyways, he did that over the past few months and uh, finally got the tin sorted, got them painted. And then, uh, you know, the week of the run to Fandango, uh, he's like, all right, you know, let's fucking put this thing together. So I came over, redid the seals on the transmission. Uh, you know, Nick came out and we bolted everything up. Uh, we spent a full day jacking with the fucking brakes, uh, the clutch, you know, all the little things. You know, this was Al's first chopper, so when he thought it was bolt ready to just bolt together, it was uh, when your friend who's building a chopper for the first time tells you that his chopper is ready to bolt together to go on a fucking couple hundred mile run, uh, be very weary, leery. Uh, it was really close, though. I mean, we didn't. Like I said, we did it in a day, a day and a half. Nick helped us for a full day, and I stayed the night, and then we worked again. I think Al went to the hardware store about probably 40 times. He probably spent as much money in the last day as he had spent, well, probably not the whole time. But Anyways, it all came together, dude. So I, you know, the next day, it was like Wednesday, and we're leaving Thursday. I was like, 
do Wednesday at lunch, I've got to go back home and start loading up my family and all the stuff I'm taking and get my bike ready to go. And at the time, dude, I was really committed to just riding the Pan America down because, dude, my hip was fucking still not feeling great from uh, dislocating it in Daytona. And, uh, you know, I wasn't even going to take the chopper, but after helping Al out and, like, you know, that last morning, we finally got it to fire up. And it took us a minute, dude. Uh, you know, first it was, I thought it was the timing. Got the timing situated. And, dude, the timing cover on that fucking thing. It, when we first got it, it was held together with a wood screw. The timing plate was into the nose cone with the wood screw. Anyways, we got that all sorted. And then um, got it fired up. And what was going on? Oh, we had an intake leak. And uh, we had just put new FNA intake seals on, so I knew it was just an install problem. But it was revving high, you know. Anyways, like, I got to go, dude. So I leave. He redoes the intake seals. Finally gets it all running, idling right. He hits me up Wednesday night. <clears throat> and he's like, dude, this thing is so fucking sick. I am so excited. <clears throat> we got a few more things to button up. The battery went dead, which it was a used battery. I was like, you know, go get a brand new battery and uh, have, you know, somebody in town who's got a voltimeter, reader, meter, heater thing, and, you know, make sure it's charging. And at that point, I was like, fuck it, dude. Al's not riding his chopper down there while I'm sitting on my fucking high horse on my Pan America. So I go up to the shop. I fucking get my chopper running, ready to go, load the family up. And then uh, Thursday morning, Nick and Booger were coming out to the house, and we were going to meet Al about two hours south of Throckmorton and Comanche on Highway 16 and roll down together and, uh, you know, fucking get the family loaded up. Al and Booger, or Nick, Booger and Nick show up at about, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Nick's sissy bar is broken, so we weld that up. And while we're welding that up, I get a call from <laughs> Al, dude. Al's like, man, I made it 40 miles out of town, just stopped for gas, got five miles outside of Albany or some shit, and the battery's dead again. There's no charging. Or at least he didn't think there was charging, so I asked him, like, well, did you have somebody check to make sure it was charging before you left? He was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, well... That was the one thing on there that we didn't check or go through or, <clears throat> you know, confirm. So I was like, dude, you, I mean, that's got to be it. We looked at the stator, and it looked black and fried, but all the wires looked right. You know, I was like, there's a chance, you know. But when he lost the second battery, I was like, dude, that's that's got to be it. So he bailed on that and got on his – I think he went back to go figure it out. We were like, whatever, we're going to go ahead and take off. So when Booger and Nick showed up, they also brought a kid named Nate. Now, Nate, uh, he was on a rubber-mounted Sportster, and there were some signs that he probably hadn't done this too many times. Now, Nate was just, uh, I guess somebody, you know, Nick, bless his heart, he keeps his fucking internet right, or he keeps his telephone number right there on his Instagram page. So, <clears throat> you know, any Tom, Dick, and Harry can call, you right now, listening right now, you can go to Knives Made by Nick on the gram. And just give him a call and say, what's up, dude? You can keep him from working while he's making knives in the morning. Uh, or you can buy a knife, dude. 
It's a really awesome thing that he does that. Uh, but anyways, this Nate guy contacted him, wanted to ride to Fandango, and Nick's nice, right? I mean, Nick really is nice. Like a, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic, and I'm not, you know, Nick is really a fucking nice guy. So Nate calls him up. Nick's like, fuck yeah, we're going down there. Come out. So Nate shows up with Booger and Nick. And we take off, dude. And I've got these roads that head south, and they're fucking badass. Like, and they just repave one of them. There's fucking twisty signs all up and down it, you know. Uh, and they've got, and the signage is actually really shitty. You know, some roads are really good. When they say this turn coming up is 35 miles an hour, you know, you can, you know that you can probably go 55, right? Or if it's 10, you can go 25. Usually I bet 20 to 20 miles, 15 to 20 miles over what it says on a motorcycle. Now, the signage isn't great, but there is still a lot of signage. And there's a couple of turns that are really fucking sharp and they have just the right angle signs. And anyways, I'm fucking just blowing down this road. I'm like excited, dude. I haven't ridden my chopper like this in a minute. Uh, you know, we rode in Daytona, uh, but... You know, not, fuck, we rode in Daytona. There's not a lot of riding to do in Daytona, especially like this. So I'm fucking having a good time, dude. The weather's fucking perfect. Really, even before we made it to that, too, you know, we welded up Nick's bike, and we also had to fuck with the, Booger's got a mousetrap on his bike. Now, let me tell you about Booger. Booger, this motherfucker, he... You know, he's got a fucking sweet little shop. He's got some really nice tools. Uh, he's got a vapor hunting machine. He's one that uh, cleaned up the wheels that we laced to the race bike hubs. And uh, he's got, I mean, he's got a lathe. He's put a lot of fucking love and care and time and devotion into his bike. Now, that being said, I don't know anybody that can work on their bike as much as he does in his garage and also work on it on the side of the road as much as we've done over <laughs> the times that we've ridden together. Uh, but yeah, it was just a simple mousetrap problem. Like it wasn't functioning correctly and I've never had a mousetrap or fuck with one much, but I know cause I've heard people talk about them. Like if you don't have them set up correctly, they don't fucking work good. Well, this one wasn't set up correctly apparently. And, uh, you know, we were just having trouble with it. No big deal. It was, we kind of got it. We finagled it to where it was working pretty good. And uh, we get to these twisties, and I fucking take off, and I'm getting out front, and I keep looking back and slowing down, and, and I get to a point where I'm not really seeing. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go to the end of this road to the stop sign. And I fucking jam on, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait over here, kind of hidden off, like letting them go by. That way I can pass them again, and... They never fucking show up. So finally I turn around and I'm like, you know, fuck, now I'm starting to get worried. But I was like, well, fuck, Nick talked about like some bridge that we go by over the Paluxy River where he like, he's like, dude, I fucking go down there and smoke dope under that bridge because it's a great little spot. And it is. I rode the Pan America down through the Paluxy River last week. So I knew exactly what he was talking about. I was like, well, fuck, they probably just stopped to smoke weed. So I, before I even get to that bridge, though, I come up on them, and they're at one of these, like, right-angle turns, and 
the fucking Sportster's like off on the other side of the ditch by the barbed wire fence. And uh, dude, <laughs> I pull up and I kill it and I'm laughing. And they're over there fucking with this Sportster. And Nate's like, Got his helmet off and his chin's got some like blood on it. And I'm like, oh shit, what happened? And I just hear Nick go, you know what happened? Like, yeah, of course, this fucking kid went off the goddamn road. And uh, <clears throat> he was okay. The bike was a little tweaked up. The sissy bar was bent. Uh, the fender was knocked off. Side cover was knocked off. There was dirt and shit and grass everywhere. Um, and it took us a minute to get it all bolted back together. Nate, bless his heart, he was fucking embarrassed and shooken up. And, you know, he kind of like low-sided <clears throat> then high-sided over it. And uh, he couldn't be going too fast. But when I pulled up and I, I saw what happened, but I'm looking on the road, I didn't see any scratch marks or nothing because there wasn't any. He like went off the turn and then low-sided, high-sided or whatever in the grass and ditch. And, uh, I mean, he almost hit the fucking giant sign that says go left. I mean, it's a big sign. I'll show you a video on the gram. So we get him all put back together and, uh, take him a minute to get his bike started because, well, fuck, the thing was in gear and he had to, even though we could push it, we were rolling it around in gear, uh, which isn't a good sign at all. Um, because we couldn't even tell it was in gear. I pull the clutch in, the bike fires up, you know, realize that the clutches are fucking not in great shape, but they're doable, like they're, they'll go, like they'll grip up and grab. I was just told them, it's like, be light on the fucking throttle, you know, like your plates are not far from being completely worthless. And it's a newer Sportster and as far as I know, that shit's not, we're not fixing that on the road. It's not like my force B where we can rub the plates on the fucking ground. So we take off and uh, stop for some food. First place we stopped at wasn't serving. So we just fucking, we just kept going, dude. And uh, it was beautiful. I mean, the day was fucking beautiful, man. And we soared on from there. I think something happened to my bike. Oh, my breather. The, not the breather. I, I don't know what. It's like the chain oiler that comes out of the side of my case was had come loose and was spinning around, so we fixed that. So at this point, we've had to work on all four bikes, and it's like uh, we're 40 miles from my house, dude. We're not even, not even a third of the way there. But uh, we get to Stephenville. I think it was Stephenville or Comanche. I think it was Stephenville. And... I uh, find a Mexican restaurant for us to eat. And me, Nate, and Nick pull into the fucking parking lot, and there's no booger. And we look back, and booger's like rolling his bike around at some fucking intersection. And it looked like he just stalled at the the intersection because we were pulling out onto like a pretty busy road. And I probably didn't make sure the traffic was cleared for all of us. You know, I probably took off when it was good for me. And, uh, Anyways, next thing you know, Booger comes rolling up. Not He wasn't riding. He rolled up. And uh, he's like, dude, I fucking snapped my belt. And he kicks it and he kicks it. You know, he's just showing us that he's kicking it and nothing's fucking spinning. Whatever. So we're like, well, fuck it. Let's eat and get a game plan going. 
I didn't bring a belt. He didn't bring a fucking belt. Nick didn't bring a belt. And Nate obviously didn't bring a fucking belt. So we eat. I have a fucking amazing burrito. Nick had an amazing burrito. Booger had fucking nachos. And Nate had tacos. It was a good spot. Good stop. And, uh, yeah, there was a barbecue joint that smelled fucking great, dude. But I was like, dude, Rhino's going to be cooking barbecue all fucking weekend. We're eat some Mexican food. And uh, anyways, we come up with a game plan. We make some phone calls. Booger's got a belt coming through. So this is Thursday. So there's a bunch of people that are going this direction Friday. Um, we get a hold of Big John. Big John's going to bring a belt to him the next day. And, um, and when I found a park down the street for Booger to camp out at. So cool. We're going to leave him. Nate's, Nate's still shooken up from the accident. So Nate volunteers to stay behind. Uh, well, because, you know, he was kind of fucking, he was shaking up, right? No biggie. So we leave them, me and Nick take off. And, dude, it was fucking smooth sailing, dude. We jammed all the way down there. And it was late in the day by this point. Like, a three and a half hour ride took us all fucking day. And uh, we come rolling into... Fredericksburg, before we even get to Fredericksburg, the sun's coming down, the deer are coming out, dude, like, they were coming out, we stopped at Rick's place, the little Sinclair station north of Fredericksburg, <clears throat> uh, he serves burgers, he's got a small motorcycle collection, I saw the garage open, and I saw Rick, so I fucking swung a bitch, and introduced Nick to Rick, Rick showed us his bike, told us about all the fucking sweet shit, his property, the burgers, how much meat he was prepping for the weekend. Super nice guy. If you're ever going to Fredericksburg, you definitely, I think it's called like P Pecan Grove, dude. I mean, it's an old Sinclair gas station just north of town. He's got a little RV park, campground, and burgers and beer joint. And he's got Topo Chico. So definitely stop by there and say hi to Rick. Tell him Danger Dan sent you. And, uh, so there, we you know, now we're fucking close, and, and we're talking to Rick, and then all of a sudden, zoom, there goes fucking Booger. Yeah, Booger. Booger fucking beat us. Booger, the guy we left in Stephenville, like two hours away, beat us to Fredericksburg. And uh, we'll come to find out, you know, I said we were going to fucking with this mousetrap. His mousetrap had gotten fucking stuck, and that's why. His bike was kicking through because the clutch was engaged. And I know why I didn't look at it. Now, why it took him, you know, <laughs> I think he got his bike pushed down to the campsite, started taking things apart. I don't think he pulled the primary. So he's got a, a primary cover. So it's not as easy. The belt's not as easy to see as my bike uh, or any bike that's got an open primary. So, you know, he's talking to somebody on the phone, and they ask him about that. And as he, I guess he said as soon as they mentioned Mousetrap, he was just like, oh, my gosh. He knew exactly what the fuck it was. So that was it. So Booger beat us there. Me and Nick roll in about, I mean, right at fucking sundown. And, uh, dude, there was already a fuck ton of people there. I mean, literally... There was a fuck ton of people on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, Rhino had fucking fajitas. Sure enough, we passed up barbecue to fucking eat Mexican food so that we could show up to fajitas that Nick and, or that Rhino had made, which was fine. I just thought it was funny that I skipped the barbecue joint so that 
anyways, my kids were there. They already had their bicycles out. Randall was there. Uh, dude, part of the fucking B team was already there. They were setting up fucking karaoke for the big party Friday and Saturday night. It was a trip, man. It really was a trip. Bunch of choppers, bunch of campers, bunch of vans, and it's fucking Thursday night, dude. So uh, later that night, you know, and it took me a minute to get set up. I rented one of those RVs off the internet. This guy just came out and set it up. It was pretty fucking cool. Uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, so we made it. That was it. Thursday, Friday morning. Wake up fucking early, start making coffee. It was pretty fucking chilly. And sure enough, just like last year, Booger didn't bring anything uh, except for his bike and a bunch of fucking tools because he likes to work on his bike on the road. But uh, he he thought, oh, he lost his tent along the way. That's what happened. So luckily, I brought a sleeping bag. This is the second year in a row I've gotten to help Booger out with uh, his sleeping accommodations down there at Fandango. So... Uh, you know, which, hey, and it's cool at this event, since it's so close to home and I can bring my family, and it is a family event, and my wife is just like fucking camp mom, you know, and there's a lot of people that ride down, and it's awesome to be able to bring a bunch of extra supplies and share with everybody, and I know my wife loves it as well, and <clears throat> it's something that I've ran into in other places where People have taken me in. You know, I ride there. I don't have as much supplies as you can bring in a van or a trailer. So to be able to do that and share with the people that do get to ride down, it's awesome. I really do enjoy it. And I don't, you know, I mean, I would have fucking trailered down. I mean, I trailered back. Uh, It's just cool to be able to help out. It really is. And uh, I know my wife enjoys it as I do. So Friday, what happened Friday? You know, Friday morning, we get up early, we're making fucking coffee, we're drinking, and I got a couple, I got a lot of shit going on, and uh, throughout the whole weekend, I got my drums and shit, so I guess we start hauling shit in and getting set up on Friday. Uh, Dude, oh, the fucking, the swap meet's happening, that's what's fucking happening, dude. People are moving parts, dude. It was really awesome walking through the fairgrounds. And seeing all the sick parts, but more importantly, like seeing all my friends, everybody's walking around with motorcycle parts. Like stuff was exchanging hands, dude. People were selling and swapping, and everybody was fucking stoked, getting to see everybody. Everybody was just excited, man, and, uh, you know, really happy about what was going on. I kind of, we got a, a pop up set up over there by the chopper corral. Some choppers were starting to show up. Uh, Oliver was set up over there. Eric Vaughn had a bunch of chopper parts over there. Triple uh, X, quadruple X land, which I'm not sure exactly what the dude's gig is, but I follow him on the green. He's got a really interesting page. I didn't realize that it was a brand, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so. I need to look more into that dude because he was a fucking trip. He had music going. Uh, Craig was set up next to us. Nick had knives in our booth. I believe the Huckleberry brand was there. Man, I didn't do a real good job of going around and talking to everybody. Really, I didn't. I did a terrible job. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what Friday was, was swap meet day and get everything set up 
and ready for Saturday because Saturday was a big day. Now, Friday evening, Lichter wanted me to set up a, a ride. So that's what I did. I fucking told everybody that I talked to that we were going on a fucking ride. And, uh, you know, Lichter loves shooting from the back of a bike and he needed a bike to ride, right? So he was like, man, I need a bike with saddlebags and a sissy bar. And I was like, dude, I got just a, f and a good rider, you know. Can't just be anybody toting around the, the world famous Michael Lichter. So, you know, fucking Jake, dude. Jake from Hate Farm over there at Brown Cycles. He's got his fucking T-Sport with his tea bags and his sissy bar on his bike. I was like, dude, that's the guy. So I go over there, I get those two acquainted. Um, and, you know, tell them what's going down and what we're doing. Like maybe I didn't explain everything completely because <laughs> there was some misunderstanding there. Maybe uh, some assumptions made uh, that left some other people unprepared for this situation. Now, Jake was like, hey, David, you got to fucking come on this ride, dude. We're just going to like toot around the campground so Lichter can take some photos. He'll get some shots of you on your chopper. You can ride with the boys. Uh... Well, we were back three hours later, you know? <laughs> uh, it was awesome. We, 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 uh, we wrote, dude, the riding down there is just fucking amazing. And there's beer joints and barbecue joints and wineries and shit everywhere. Burger joints. We went from the fairgrounds, filled up. We probably had, I don't know, 30 or 40 fucking motorcycles. And we went from there over to Bankersmith, which is this cool little fucking old train stop town. It used to be like the first train stop from San Antonio, I think, going north is the story there. Uh, but it's now it's just a fucking sweet-ass bar with an outdoor patio stage. There's a big-ass old, like, 50s model bus that's now a house, of a, bunch, a house for a bunch of goats. They got this sweet... Uh, like, uh, I don't know, fucking big dance hall that they set up for weddings and events and whatnot. Anyways, cool spot. We went there. Uh, you know, Lichter did his fucking thing, you know, took some photos. We ran into a bunch of sheep on the road, did a bunch of cattle crossings. Uh, it's really funny to see the look on Lichter's face when he doesn't see the cattle crossing coming and he's like taking his photos. And, you know, he doesn't have like foot pegs back there. So... I can only imagine that it is pretty rough hitting a serious bump when you've got both hands. And, and not only does he have both hands taken, like he's holding like a fucking 30-pound gyroscopic thing. Like he uses this thing on his camera to like, uh, I guess, balance it. It's like a, something that spins that makes it to where he can hold it still as he's going down the road. And it's not a light contraption. So, yeah. Maybe it wasn't the best road for what he had in mind, but it was a great road as far as the scenery and the enjoyment of the, the people riding the motorcycle. So, you know, there's, there's some give and take there. And I, and I don't know, I really wasn't even, even though Lichter kind of spearheaded this thing, I, I wasn't fucking thinking. I mean, I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, we're going to go on a fucking ride. I know some sweet roads. Seeing it all go down, there's probably some better roads we could have taken for uh, for everybody. 
don't know, they were the fucking sweet chopper roads for sure. Anyways, first stop was Banker Smith. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we could have taken a quick little, like, you know, eight, ten minute fucking jog over to Luchenbach. But no, you know, I wanted to take us on a sweet fucking ride where we could open it up, dude. And there's this one spot in the road down the street from there where it's like, roller coaster where you just fucking dip down in the ground and come back up and dig back dip down in the ground like and normally i ride these roads fast as fuck well you can't do that riding in a tight pack with a photographer up front a little bit you know different pace so you know i thought we were going to go on the 20 25 minute run but you know that ends up being like 45 minutes especially when the fucking whole pack pulls over because we're all getting spaced out lichter had to like rearrange us or get us <clears throat> back in line you know to make sure that this this shoot was going to work and uh Anyways, we got that done. We did a fucking sweet photo shoot. We did some crazy shit riding 3D. Fucking Benny Stucker was standing up, taking photos. Everybody was smiling. Everybody got to get out of their comfort zone a little bit. You know, it's pretty wild when Lictor's like, get up here fucking closer, dude. Right here. Closer, 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 closer. And, you know, having Jake up there piloting that bike up front, you know, that instills confidence in me. So... We, we probably got some pretty sweet fucking shit accomplished, man. So thank you, Jake, for taking one for the team and rolling Michael around. Uh, David Brown, thanks for sitting on that little fucking Sportster chopper for uh, about three hours longer than you thought you were going to. Uh, I do appreciate that, and I can't wait to see the photo of us riding side by side. <clears throat> so that was Friday night. Now... Or that was Friday evening, dude. Once we got back to the campground, it had fucking grown, dude. The party was really starting to fucking go, dude. I mean, people were coming in from everywhere. California, fucking Illinois, dude. Arkansas, Louisiana, Joe. Uh, J oh, yeah, fucking Billy was there that morning. Jason was set up with parts. Billy was buying shit. Uh it was good, man. There was a lot of people there, and it was just, the fucking party was hard, dude. <clears throat> it was hitting hard. I climbed up on my camper at one point and took a picture. It looked like fucking NASCAR, dude. Fucking trailers and motorcycles everywhere. Pretty fucking cool. Um, so the next morning, Saturday, dude, that's when things got fucking busy, man. I mean, I was like, you know, Doug Wathke had a little seminar he was going to give on two-wheel adventures at 10. The band was going to play at 12. Chopper drag started at 2.30, and then I had to race the fucking flat track bike. And the racing, you know, that's a fucking all-day affair, dude. So get up fucking super early, drinking coffee, go get the shit moved around, drums where they need to be, race bike where it needs to be the fucking tools where they need to be, chopper where it needs to be, and uh, got to hang out at the booth and meet a bunch of fucking cool people. The chopper corral just swelled with choppers, dude. I mean, all the way, I mean, until noon, dude, just more choppers and choppers and choppers, dude. The band, the outbound train, we fucking played a killer set. Oh, before that, so I went and, and uh, saw Doug Wathke do his fucking talk, and he just talked about, you know, riding his fucking shovel head down the road of bones, you know, which is cool because we just had Charlie on, and he's on his way over there 
to ride the road of bones in Russia. He's talking about riding Pakistan and Iran, dude, and Afghanistan. And he was he showed us this one photo where he took of this this road sign, you know, no big deal, like something that way, something this way. And he's like, oh yeah, but that's like a fucking military building behind it. So they thought he was a fucking spy. They're like, you know. 15 guys with guns fucking come and apprehend him and take him into this building and start fucking questioning him. Uh, you know, he doesn't speak any of their languages. Luckily, he had one guy that speaks English, and they think for sure he's a spy. They want to look at all the photos on his phone. And, and he's like, then they found this one photo. <laughs> and they're passing it around. They're all looking at it like, you know, he's like fucking getting nervous. He's trying to figure out what they're looking at. And finally, the guy that's speaking English gets the phone back, and he's like, Shows Doug what he's looking at. It's a picture of Doug with like toilet paper wrapped around his head, like, you know, just taking a funny photo at a motel. And they start laughing and realize that this this really is just a fucking goober riding his motorcycle around the world. So uh, and here Doug like show these pictures to all these people and you know, take questions and just talk about his travels it was awesome. I fucking love love Doug to death and uh, you know, I really respect and look up to him and what he's done and you know, he's just he just makes it seem like anything's possible. You know, obviously not for everybody, but he doesn't speak those languages. He, and he wrote a fucking shovel head around the goddamn world. A rigid, he rode a rigid fucking shovel head down the road of bones. Isn't that fucking wild? So that was cool. That was a good way to start Saturday morning, drinking coffee, listening to Doug talk. Uh, go back over to the booth, fucking hang out. Dude, even more shoppers than when I left to go over there. About noon, we fucking, the band sets up, dude, and we played a killer fucking set, man. Had a ton of fucking fun. Had some people dancing, dude. The, you know, the excitement was happening. Oh, yeah, and did I mention the weather was fucking perfect the whole time? So, I mean, it was fucking beautiful. Sun's out, dude. The ladies were looking beautiful. Uh, my wife especially as she shaked her booty fucking dancing to the music. And, uh, man, it was just a beautiful thing playing in front of a bunch of fucking choppers and smiling faces. Uh you can't ask for anything better. And uh, then about 2 o'clock, I guess while we were playing, they did mini bike races. And then the chopper drags got started, dude. And we had over 40 entries, man. And then this uh, motorcycle shop from Denison, Texas, God damn it, I can't think of their name. They upped the pot 200 fucking dollars. So the winner got close to $500. And... Uh, Dude, they did a loser bracket this year where pretty much you had to lose twice to get out. And they drew names and we lined up, dude. Kirk Sharp and Oliver Peck did their, like, you know, their customary, customary? Is that a custom? They did the fucking honorary beginning of the drag races, drag race. And uh, Oliver smoked fucking Kirk. No, it was actually the first rate, the, their first little go was pretty close. And. To my surprise, there was only two bikes this year that were built dirt drag bikes. I thought after the excitement last year, there'd be a bunch of people showing up with fast fucking dirt dragsters, uh, but they didn't. But one of them was like a hill climbing fucking sportster with an extended swing arm and big ass fucking 
knobby tires, and then the other one was a big twin with knobby tires. Well, the fucking extended swing arm Sportster missed a fucking shift and got beat by some fucking stock ironhead right out of the gate, dude. That motherfucker was out of there. And then the same shit, and then I guess he got lined up next to the fucking big twin after that. And, uh, dude, and, and actually the guy on the big twin was all fucking pissed because he was supposed to race some other fucking chopper with street tires. And we were like, nah, dude, race that fucking. This, he was he was all butter, like, no, no, we drew names. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you got a fucking big twin with knobbies. Like, I'll, I will be shocked if the, both of you guys aren't at, here at the end. And they weren't. They both got fucking beat, dude. Beat by fucking, I don't even know who. Uh, but, dude, I was fucking on it. Shit was, like, gripping and ripping for me, man. I thought, and I and I raced two of the fastest motherfuckers, three of the fastest motherfuckers out there, dude. I think, dude, every everybody I raced was fucking fast, actually. I think I raced, I raced Connor at one point. No, maybe I didn't race Connor. But I raced fucking... Uh, Jason from Houston, he's always fucking fast. I think he won the first year. Then I raced Jake or Brody from uh, from north of Fort Worth, and he's fucking fast. He almost won last year. Uh, then I raced, oh, shit. I raced some dude on a fucking, the, the first guy I raced was fucking shirtless and fucking stoked, dude. Big twin Evo, man, with... He thought for sure he was fixing to mop the floor. I mean, he was talking mad shit. And I was just like, he's fucking probably right. <laughs> he's probably going to win. I fucking spanked him too. Uh, and when I say spanked, I mean, I, I won by a little bit. But as the as the day went on, I mean, we raced for a while. The fucking, the, the starting block spots just kept getting fucking, you know, just washed out. Now, this is a racetrack, so it's like... It's loose fucking dirt, man. We are throwing shit up and making ruts. And people making those ruts, leaving the starting line, just it kept fucking getting thicker. Now, I'm going to go ahead and divulge. Well, I don't even know it's a secret, but I think what was working for me is I'm geared really tall. So instead of just fucking spinning, you know, my clutch was working and I was slowly fucking gaining ground and picking up speed. It was almost like starting in second gear you know i wasn't in second gear but my first gear was so tall it didn't do as much spinning in those baits fucking bajas man i'm telling you I, I saw a video yesterday i was fucking slinging dirt dude and uh and at one point fucking heather cowan is right in the middle right behind little wing little wing Dude, she was killing it with the fucking starting girl shit. Oh, yeah. Speaking of starting, uh, I guess Oliver, and I don't know exactly how this went down, but I think Oliver told some other girl that she could be the starting flag girl, not knowing that Kirk Sharp had already said that Little Wing could do it. And, well, the, the girl that Oliver told, she got a little upset, and she was like, fucking, by the time I get over to the situation, she's already got her fucking shirt off, dude, tits out, fucking sunburn except for her tits they're fucking white big nipples just flapping on the fucking track dude and uh so yeah i go up and give her a hug you know i give her my condolences i'm sorry that you thought you could do something and you can't because it's already been you know these are politics that i'm not in control of uh but when kurt came over there to shut down the situation i just immediately bailed and apparently it escalated to 
the cops asking her to fucking, you know, get her shit together. Uh, can't have a bunch of fucking tits hanging out in front of this family-friendly crowd. So, anyways, Little Wing was killing it. She set up, dude, and behind, you know, and we're, we're, I'm changing up where I'm starting because the starting is so important. And, and one of the last spots was right there by the cones in the middle. And Heather Cowan was set there on her knees with the fucking camera. And, dude, I almost took her out, dude. And she hung in there to the last minute and got some sick fucking photos while at the same time Lichter got photos of me almost taking her out, dude. I posted those yesterday, and if you haven't seen them, look them up because it is a fucking trip, man. Uh, she barely got out of there in time. It was pretty fucking cool. Thanks for hanging in there and getting those fucking sweet shots, Heather. You are fucking wild. Yeah, she was telling me that Lichter got the shot of the year with her fucking, you know, barely making it out of fucking danger's way. And uh, I think she got the shot of the year for hanging in there to the last fucking minute, dude. I mean, it was, it's a, wait till you see the photo. It's fucking close. Lichter's got a little slide of it on his page you can look at right now. Michael Lichter Photography on the gram. Uh... So, yeah, obviously I didn't win. Well, I mean, I guess I haven't made that clear yet, but I didn't win. So who did I get beat by? Of course, I got beat by a fucking sportster. But to that kid's credit, he had fucking Bates Bajas front and back, dude. 16 Bates in the back, 21 Bates up front. And it looked like a, almost like a stock sportster with like a, a four over front end, dude. And he was just... He was ripping and getting, dude. He was just consistent. He was getting the traction, and he was making it to the finish line. And he he actually beat me twice, dude. Now, the second time, it was fucking close. It was close, but he won. I mean, it, he beat me. And the guy that I would have put my money on, Michael, had this fucking triumph with, like, these square, like, dual sport knobby tires, dude. But I think his situation was... Is he was geared, he should have been starting in second gear because he was just spinning his tire too much in first and not getting the grip to move him down the fucking runway. So, sure enough, second year in a row that a motherfucking sportster wins the chopper drags at the Texas Fandango. You know, Justin Kelly and Dirty Dick weren't there to fucking battle it out as the fucking monster dudes yoked out with fucking tattoos and bald heads, which was a fucking fan favorite last year. And, my favorite as well. Uh, you know, Justin Kelly won last year on his Sportster, and he was jockey shifting that motherfucker last year. This year, another Sportster won, not jockey shifting, but, you know, props to that kid. I don't know his name. Uh, I think maybe his name was Graham, actually. Hmm. Anyways, congratulations, dude. You won a bunch of fucking money. That's rad as shit. So... Chopper drags is over, and the fucking grandstands were filled, dude. I mean, there was barely any seating room. The fence line was filled up. I mean, it's pretty fucking awesome. Pretty awesome to see all those people yelling and screaming as the choppers are, you know, doing their thing. And it's just a bunch of fucking street choppers. Like, it wasn't, like I said, there was only two bikes that were, like, built dragster setups. Uh, the rest of them were just fucking... Dude, it's, it was so much fun. It was so rad. Uh, man, I really wish that you could have been there to see it. Really. Um, <clears throat> so after that, we got Chopper 
the Chopper Show Awards to give out. And then they did a fucking goddamn kickstart competition, which I did not get to be a part of. And that's the only reason you were able to win, Jeff. (coughs) (coughs) Jeff from Iowa ended up taking home the fucking cash on that one. I don't know how much you won, but I bet it was a lot of money. And I missed all of it because I was out on the circle track, dude, racing the 45. So, you know, originally we thought it was going to be me, Greg, and then his two guys, Harley and Randy Neal, on his other two bikes. Well, fucking Jer from Durango hits me up and was like, hey, we got the 45 going. We're coming to Fandango. Is it too late to sign up? And I'm like, fuck, no, it isn't. Get your ass down here. So they had a hell of a time, dude. They had a blowout, blown radiator hoses. The alternator went out. They left in the fucking snow. I mean, there was they fucking braved the elements. And him and Jake and his dad, Todd, fucking, they made it through and got to the fucking races. And uh, so that was awesome. And their 45's got a four-speed triumph uh, transmission behind it. So that was me, Greg, Harley, Randy, Neil, and Jer. And then sure enough, sure enough, Otel shows up. Otel, fucking, what's his name, Jim? Jim O'Toole? Jim Otel? The motherfucker is bad, dude. Uh, I wish I wasn't such a fucking asshole. But dude, he, last year, he came out and raced. And I've raced with him many times. He's got a hooligan bike, dude. He's got all the, he was racing seven fucking bikes on Saturday, all day. He made more laps around that track than anybody else. And uh, anyways, he brought his fucking Indian, dude. You know, Tool's fucking bad to the bone, dude. So, and, and I know he's bad, dude. Like, I've seen him. Last year, he fucking got ran over, broke ribs in fucking, I think, part of his back and wouldn't let them take him to the hospital until after the fucking races, dude. He's a fucking madman, dude. He's a madman, and I've seen him wad it multiple times, and he gets up and keeps on fucking going. So my dreams of winning, they were still there. They were just not, you know, the fucking, I wasn't, you know. Yeah, it it was going to be a lot fucking tougher. I knew it was going to be tough, period, man, because I got to run with these guys last week. And even though it was Randy and Harley's first time, they were fucking catching on, dude. They ain't no fucking chumps, dude. They were riding, and Greg was fucking fast as fuck, man. Uh, and I should have known it, but I was just like, oh, man, fucking, you know. I, I don't know. I just thought, Greg, you know, I just, I thought I was going to have you in the bag easy. But I knew it was going to be a challenge. And, uh, well, I got kind of, well, I don't even know if I got lucky. They, had, they all had fucking bike problems except for Randy and in hotel, well, that motherfucker, he did have a little bit of bike problems, but he just got his fucking thing running, and God damn it, he just fucking, he just left. He just, like, left. I was just, like, trying to keep him in sight the whole time, and it was tough, but I did. I was able to keep him in sight. But Greg ended up having bike troubles. His, his fucking thing, like, sumped and loaded up. Fucking Harley's bike was just, like, I don't know, running on one lung or... Maybe he just fucking got scared in front of the fans. I don't know. But from the starting line, I think... Man, I think... uh, I think Greg, 
Randy and O'Toole got out in front of me. O'Toole tell, fuck, I wish I knew his name. God motherfucking damn it. Uh, anyways, they get out front. And, uh, man, I think I got past Greg pretty quick because he was having bike problems. And Randy, you know, Randy fucking, he was out there on that fucking Indian. And, uh, or maybe he was on the 45. No, he was on the Indian. So I got two Indians in front of me. I can't be getting beat by two Indians, dude. Not fucking happening, man. Uh, so I chased down Randy. I think I passed him on the second lap. Dude, and the track was feeling good. Well, I guess... Okay, before the race started, we did like a pre-run after the opening ceremonies, and it was wet as fuck, dude. First turn, I came in just fucking sideways, dude. Like, you know, I wanted to slow down a little bit, and bam, dude. Now we're fucking, we, I mean, it was, it was sideways into the first turn. So we did some laps to kind of like just take it easy and kind of run it down. Anyways, we got it ready to go. And when it was race time, dude, the track was, it was, wasn't as good the best I raced it, but you could tell it was going to be great for the racers after us for sure so i passed randy second lap and now i'm just trying to keep hotel in fucking sight dude i just didn't want him to get out of sight because he almost got a full straight away from me and uh i mean the motherfucker's fast dude uh my bike was running fucking good dude i mean i don't know that i could have gone much faster without you know i mean i rode it the best i could possibly ride it at that point so i felt fucking great got a second place and, uh, dude, it was just fucking wicked, man. Got back over there to the Kickstart competition, and I was late. They'd already fucking wrapped that shit up, given out the awards, and, uh, man, it was over. The races were over. The fucking, the fucking Texas Fandango Saturday event was fucking over. Everybody's packing up and getting the fuck out of there, man. So... I, at that point, I'd been smoked from just running around all day. I went over to Rhino and got, <clears throat> dude, some smoked fucking chicken wings that he made and some jalapeno sausage and a pulled pork sandwich. Sat in the shade with a Topo Chico and just fucking chilled with my boys. And uh, it was awesome. Just uh, And I was fucking spent, dude, like literally spent. It was a long day and <clears throat> I don't know, 20 minutes of shade and a full belly. And I felt fucking great again. Now, at that point, oh, I was trying to gather all my shit because I was just going to throw my shit on the trailer and roll out the next morning because, well, because it was a I fucking, fuck, I'm leaving again on Thursday, dude, to go to Mexico. So, yeah, I want to, I got to get back home, get my shit taken care of, spend some time with the family. And uh, anyways, Jason was loading up and he wanted to ride the bike. You know, him and Billy put this motor together, but neither one of them had got to ride it. So take Billy, take Jason out there to the track and uh, it wasn't over yet. <clears throat> they were still racing and I got to talk to Mallory Lee. She's a fucking, I think she was the only girl out there racing in the hooligan class. Uh, she's like an ambassador for Royal Enfield. She's doing some rad things. I've, we've been going back and forth about having her on the podcast. But she ended up fucking winning the hooligan class. Now, I don't know what happened to Hotel. And maybe she just fucking wiped him up, spanked his ass, dude. I mean, that could have, that's a very good possibility. She is bad, and she's been getting a lot of seat time. She does a lot of uh, dirt biking, flat tracking, you know, a, a lot of shit, dude. So congratulations, Mallory. I'm really stoked for you. Uh... But yeah, I got to talk to her. Anyways, the races finish up. 
dude, and I get Jason out there. And Jason, man, he was fucking smiling. I'm telling you, that bike runs good. It works good. Like, everything functions properly. Like, it's just a, it's a great fucking bike, dude. That Cannonball Springer up front, uh, the wheels that we lace together. I mean, it just all works really good, man. Now, the Intermediate Jet, I need to make it a little bit, I need to open it up a little bit. And, uh, man, that's really the only thing I need to do is I need to put a little bit bigger Intermediate Jet in there. Uh, but it runs great. J <clears throat> Jason got to run some fucking laps, and he's smiling, dude, like grinning, man. He is fucking grinning. And he pulls back up, and he says he says that exact same thing to me. He's like, you need to get some bigger intermediate jet. I'm like, I know. I fucking know. You know, but when you're wide open most of the time, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but then he goes back out, and Harley comes up on his on his uh, hooligan sports and He's like, I'm going to go out there and fucking run with him. I'm like, yeah, he'd, you know, he'd love to have somebody out there next to him. Well, fucking Harley doesn't go out there and run next to Jason. No, dude. We look on the back straightaway when he's pulling up to Jason, and that motherfucker lifts that Sportster up to 12 o'clock and passes Jason with a, on one fucking wheel going down the back straight, dude. Oh, my God. Me and Rob, Dr. Choppers, we're fucking dying, dude. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It was gold. Uh, but to see Jason smiling and having fun out there riding that bike around the track was, uh, man, it was it was really fucking cool. I mean, it was really fucking cool. That was a, that was a highlight. <clears throat> so I got the race bike, got everything back to the campground, and uh, sun's going down. People are fucking enjoying it, and you know everybody rages so hard on Friday night that the Saturday night party it normally doesn't go as hard, and uh, but. You know, this one, Saturday night, Lulu in the black sleep. Lulu, Al, and Doghouse. Now, those motherfuckers drug my drums over there. They thought I was going to play at the campground. I was like, dude, I'm fucking done. You know, like, I'm going to sit in my fucking chair. And that's what I did, dude. I sat in my chair and listened to Lulu play the most beautiful set in front of the most fucking amazing crowd ever. It was one of the most magical fucking campground sets I've ever seen in my entire life, dude. It really was amazing. And uh, I can't thank the, the entire fucking, you know, the people that were there. I mean, that's what makes these events. Uh, and everybody that came up and said hello, introduced themselves, that fucking dug, you know, dug deep and fucking got their shit together so that they could come out and hang with us for the weekend. I mean, uh, these events are not possible without all of you. And everybody that showed up had the right fucking attitude. And to end it with Lulu fucking, you know, fucking singing to the gods right there under the fucking stars with everybody there was fucking amazing. It really was. Thank you, Lulu. That was, that's the way I wanted that weekend to end. It was beautiful. Um, it really was. I want to thank the Cherokee chapter of the AMCA, uh, Greg McFarlane. Victor, uh, Graham, dude, Graham fucking covered my ass. I didn't have money to get into the racetrack, dude. I was a cash-only situation. All the ladies, everybody that worked the gates, picked up the fucking trash, uh, you know, the people that helped with the drags, uh, the mini bike racing, the chopper racing, uh, the flat track racing. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this event. 
and I can't thank you all enough. Oh, and the photographers, Michael Lichter, Sean Lichter, Heather Callen, Chris Callen, Stu Clark Kent showed up. That was cool. Sam was there. I I don't think I'd even seen Sam since uh, we rode to Daytona last year. So, uh, dude, it was a fucking beautiful weekend, and I know I'm leaving people out. I'm not even going to try and thank everybody that was there because... I mean, I'm thanking everybody who's there. I just can't name you up from all you motherfuckers off, dude. Uh, beautiful weekend. I cannot wait to do it again. So put the Texas Fandango on your list. If you need an excuse to come to Texas, the Fandango is the one. Thank you. That was uh, I recorded that fucking yesterday morning. Like, what's funny is waking up in the morning, drinking some coffee, and then talking into a microphone. Like, I didn't talk to anybody or anything until I pulled out the microphone and started recording. And uh, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was just a, I don't do that very often, just a solo recapping of the event, but you know, a lot of sweet shit happened this weekend and I wanted to tell you about it. And I don't, didn't have time to fucking, you know, I got fucking, dude, I got to get my shit together for this Mezcal Moto Rally. I got a, I got new tires. Uh, competition distributing Sean Jackson <clears throat> he's building a an FXR with a Pan American motor in it the Revolution so he bought a brand new Pan American stripped it apart and uh, he sent me some parts off that that I broke on my bike uh, which was super fucking rad of him so I got those parts showed up yesterday <clears throat> I think I'm gonna get a new battery a new chain and yeah, the tires, new battery, chain, tires. I just recently had an oil change, and I haven't done anything, so I'm probably just going to run the oil that's in it, just check it. Uh, I got a couple of new packs coming for tools and tent poles. I'm going to kind of do my pack setup a little differently, try and make it more compact and not as much shit up on top. I'm looking at <clears throat> the backpack I like to use got ran over, or didn't get ran over, but it got sucked up in my Sportster, and I've been using stuff similar to it, and I think I'm going to pull the trigger on another, uh, just fucking military surplus backpack, dude, that's got the little fucking flap straps all over that motherfucker, where you can strap whatever you want to to it, and keep a water bladder in there, I got a tank bag, I got the fucking drone, from Harley, I got a GoPro from Harley. I'm hoping to like get some, you know, get some footage to share this trip with you guys. I mean, Mexico's fucking wild, and I can't wait to ride down there on my Pan America. It's funny, the Mezcal Moto guys, they've all been just, they, you know, they wanted me to submit a picture of me and the bike that I'm riding. And when this all started, I wasn't sure if I was going to take the chopper or the Pan America. So I sent them a picture of me wrestling a gator. Uh, and ever since then, they've been like, what are you going to ride? What are you going to ride? I finally broke the news to him yesterday that I will be on my Pan America. So follow along. More details to come on that. Catch you in a couple days. Yeah.